the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A Russian foreign minister warns the threat of nuclear war should not be underestimated. The danger is serious and real, and we must not underestimate it. The fight over Title 42 continues. We are out of control. We've lost our job. We've lost our border. He's got to fix it. The World Bank says the war in Ukraine will cause a commodity shock not seen since the 1970s. The war is a supply shock that reduces economic output and raises prices. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, April 27th. I'm Mike Scott. Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary, 2000 Mules, is coming to a theater near you for two nights only on May 2nd and May 4th. Did operatives stuff ballot drop boxes during the 2020 election? Was the 2020 election really the most secure election in American history? Or were there widespread voter irregularities that have gone previously unreported? In this new film, with research from TrueTheVote.org, D'Souza examines these claims using geospatial and telemetric data, along with security camera footage obtained through open records request, tracking the movement of so-called mules as they visited ballot drop boxes in multiple states around the country. Watch the documentary and decide for yourself on May 2nd and May 4th. You can attend a limited premiere release of 2,000 Mules in a theater near you by visiting 2000mules.com. Tickets are extremely limited, so get yours today at 2000mules.com. That's the number 2000mules.com. Russia's President Vladimir Putin says Moscow still hopes to negotiate a peaceful settlement with Ukraine, even as fighting has continued and his top diplomat, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, warned the threat of nuclear war should not be underestimated. The risks now are considerable. I would not want to elevate those risks artificially. Many would like that. The danger is serious and real, and we must not underestimate it. Lavrov also says that Western weapons shipments are effectively a war with Russia through proxies. However, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez says that while Russia may have its grievances, Ukraine is the victim here. We have not Ukrainian troops in the territory of the Russian Federation, but we have Russian troops in the territory of the Ukrainian Federation. Gutierrez says that despite what Russia is saying, the invasion was a violation of the UN Charter. According to the UN, in line with the resolutions passed by the General Assembly, Russia's invasion of Ukraine is a violation of its territorial integrity and against the Charter of the United Nations. But it is my deep conviction that the sooner we end this war, the better for the people of Ukraine, 
for the people of the Russian Federation and those far beyond. Meantime, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said that more help for Ukraine was on the way. He convened a meeting of officials from around 40 countries at the U.S. Ramstein Air Base in Germany to pledge more weaponry. Defense Secretary Austin saying they will try and fulfill Kyiv's defense requirements. My Ukrainian friends, we know the burden that you all carry. And we know, and you should know, that all of us have your back. And that's why we're here today, to strengthen the arsenal of Ukrainian democracy. Austin says Russia cannot be allowed to pursue a war of imperial aggression. The stakes reach beyond Ukraine and even beyond Europe. Russia's invasion is baseless, reckless, and lawless. It is an affront to the rules-based international order. It is a challenge to free people everywhere. Austin says a meeting of defense officials from more than 40 allies shows Russia's invasion has galvanized the world. So I'd like this whole group today to leave with a common and transparent understanding of Ukraine's near-term security requirements because we're going to keep moving heaven and earth so that we can meet them. Back on the home front, Jerry Hendricks, a retired U.S. Naval captain and VP of the Telemis Group, joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss how the war in Ukraine has shown, in his opinion, the importance of a strong U.S. Navy. Well, I think it's it's very clear, and and mind you, you know, we took the lead on this. You know, coming out of World War II, we made a lot of investments in the U.S. Navy and. Uh, in guided missiles, and then that led to precision guided missiles and so on, because you could see that there was going to be an asymmetric advantage of missiles uh, because of their range and their lethality. I mean, the one thing that we can learn here from the MOSFA, you know, here we have a very large, you know, 12,500-ton displacement heavy cruiser that has effectively been taken out by two missiles, so any ship cruise missiles that came in at wavetop heights penetrated the ships, you know, directly amidships, right near its fuel and ammunition stores, not to mention crew berthing, uh, and effectively took that ship out. It, you know, it capsized and sank. Hendricks says the U.S. needs to invest more in missiles. Uh, definitely seems that missiles have an advantage, and it's something that we have to, you know, be very conscious of. Uh, the U.S. Navy has made a lot of investments in missile defense for its ships, but surface ships do have more uh, exposure, uh, shall we say, uh, to this type of threat going forward. Hendricks believes that a strong U.S. Navy is part of the fabric of America. Uh, That's a type of warfare uh, that uh, others have written about in the past. Uh, It's kind of hard to contemplate because that would not allow us then to come to the aid of our allies and partners in the region like Japan or the Philippines or Taiwan. And, uh, and so that's not an area where we want to go. We want to make sure that we strengthen our ships and our Navy in order to operate freely. I mean, that's what the United States was founded on, the idea of operating freely on the free seas uh, is part and parcel of our, our Constitution and founding documents. A Louisiana federal court issued a temporary restraining order Monday preventing the Biden administration from lifting pandemic restrictions on the southern border. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says Republicans will insist that a vote to continue enforcement of Title 42 move forward, 
likely as an amendment to a compromise $10 billion package of pandemic aid. I want to make it clear to you and to the majority leader that we'll need to have a Title 42 vote at some point here, in all likelihood, on the COVID package. However, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says a new COVID-19 relief package is too important to get held up because of Title 42. So I would urge our Republican colleagues to pass COVID relief ASAP. It's very risky for the health of the American people for them to be playing political games with it. However, Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee says Mexican drug cartels are planning to take advantage when President Biden ends the Title 42 border law next month. You have the cartels out running all across the globe, setting up global operations. And this is something that the American people are saying, hey, wait a minute, I want to know who's coming in this country. Congressman Roger Williams joined the Mark Davis show in Dallas discussing the border crisis. Williams discusses the reason behind a letter of which he was a signatory to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We want him to act. We want him to do what he's supposed to do in this administration, and that's defend our borders. And he has totally turned his back on it. And you couple him with uh, Vice President Harris, who's supposed to be the border czar. We're out of control. Every day is worse, Mark. Today is worse than yesterday. Tomorrow's going to be worse than today. You've seen the numbers, and we have the death of Special Bishop Evans from Arlington now. to, to go along with this and 210,000 apprehensions in March. We are out of control. We've lost our sovereignty. We've lost our border. He's got to fix it. Williams doesn't rule out impeaching Mayorkas should Republicans regain control of the House. Forget yesterday. Start today and perform what you swore to do, and that's uh, uh, uphold the border. So the, so the letter is there to remind him. Now, you know, what's going to happen with you impeaching, you demand, you resign or whatever? He needs to do his job. Uh, and then we'll see. But but I, I am one that says he hasn't done his job, and I think he does need to. I think he does need to step down. We get somebody that will. It's hard to find somebody like that in this administration. The Texas representative emphasizes the importance of the midterm election in order to get the border under control. You look at him. You look at the president. You look at the vice president. I mean, they haven't even been down there for crying out loud, Mark. And uh, then they want to tell us that ICE is like the KKK. It goes on and on and on. So we got a problem. Elections have consequences. we got one coming up in November, and that's one of the things we need to do as Republicans is get on the border and secure it again. And how do we do that? We put walls up. We get more judges down there. We demand that law enforcement or ask the law enforcement to do what they're trained to do and tell people to come through the ports of entry, not between, and realize the dream. It's pretty simple. Williams weighs in on Texas Governor Greg Abbott's decision to send migrants to Washington, D.C. on buses and says while he understands the governor's point, America does need a more permanent solution. There's not enough buses for 2 million people, right, and that are in this country right now. But the fact of the matter is he's making a point. Everybody realizes we can't deliver everybody out of Texas. But, he, but, but he's making a point, and quite frankly, it's a humane thing for these people. That, you know, the Democrats just want to be down there and get sick and have all kinds of problems and so forth. So I think the governor's making a point, but the point should be this. The point is the president of the United States for where it's to uphold the border. It's a federal issue. We need to do that. States can't do it. And frankly, Governor Abbott is only doing it because we've had a president that's not doing anything to secure the border. LGBTQ rights advocates called for a Kansas state lawmaker to be formally censured on Tuesday after she said publicly 
that she did not want to share the women's restrooms at the State House with a transgender colleague. The Kansas House's top Republican called GOP State Representative Cheryl Helmer's comments unfortunate. The state's leading LGBTQ rights lobbyist saw, in their opinion, bigotry in Helmer's email remarks to a University of Kansas student and subsequent interviews about Democrat State Representative Stephanie Byers. Helmer says she was in the State House with a mother and her young daughter a couple of months ago, and the girl was frightened by the Democrat State Representative Byers, the first elected transgender Kansas lawmaker. The mother was awfully, very uncomfortable, and I didn't go on into the story. But I did take the lady, the mother, and the little girl, and I got them away. Because I knew the mother and the little girl were uncomfortable. In comments to reporters, Byers, the first elected transgender Kansas lawmaker, says Helmer's comments prove anti-trans bigotry exists even among state lawmakers. The shocking part is that it came out, that someone actually said it, but at the same time it's been expected. The World Bank says the war in Ukraine will result in the largest commodity shock since the 1970s and will keep prices at historically high levels until at least 2004. In its Commodity Markets Outlook report, the World Bank said the conflict in Eastern Europe will mean that prices will remain high in the medium term. The report also forecasts a hike in energy prices, which are expected to rise more than 50 percent in 2022 before easing in 2023 and 2024. Non-energy prices, including agriculture and metals, are projected to increase almost 20 percent in 2022. Alfred Kammer, the director of the European Department at the International Monetary Fund, says it's the refugee crisis caused by the war that will have the biggest ripple effect across Europe. The uh, humanitarian catastrophe in Ukraine is reverberating across Europe. Some five million refugees have already fled the fighting in the largest exodus the continent has seen since the Second World War. And millions more are internally displaced. Commerce says the war is a setback to Europe's economy, which is still recovering from the pandemic. The war is a serious setback to Europe's strong, yet incomplete recovery from the pandemic. It left private consumption and investment well below pre-coronavirus forecasts, even as fiscal and monetary support underpinned an impressive rebound in employment almost to the levels last seen before the pandemic. Kammer went on to say that the spike in costs for essentials like food and energy are straining European families. Spiking energy and food prices are now cutting into household consumption and firm profits, while economic uncertainty is poised to restrain investment. Kammer says that the war in Ukraine will send shockwaves through the supply chain and raise prices Short term. The war is a supply shock that reduces economic output and raises prices. Indeed, we forecast inflation will accelerate to 5.5% in advanced economies and to 9% in emerging European economies, excluding Belarus, Russia, Turkey, and Ukraine. The first large cruise ship of the season has arrived in Alaska, marking the start of what industry and tourism officials expect will be a more robust year 
of travel after two pandemic-stunted seasons. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has details on that story. The Norwegian cruise line vessel, the Norwegian Bliss, arrived in Juneau on Monday. In 2019, there were 1.3 million cruise ship passengers in Alaska. No large ships sailed to Alaska in 2020 because of the pandemic. Last year, there were about 116,000 passengers on large ships that carry more than 250 people. Stocks fell Tuesday as a steep decline in technology stocks deepened Wall Street's losses after a brutal start to 2022. The Dow closed with a loss of 809 points on Tuesday. The Nasdaq closed with a loss of 4%, and the S&P 500 index fell 2.8% by the closing bell. Experts say investors are bracing for a continued war in Ukraine, high inflation, and the Federal Reserve's attempts to cool off price growth, which will cut into corporate profits. Jacob Goldstein is the author of Money, the True Story of a Made-Up Thing, Join the Hill, and says he's concerned about our economy. Yeah, it seems reasonable to be concerned. Inflation is really high. Uh, you know, the Fed's uh, key interest rate is really low. Traditionally, uh, when the Fed has, you know, tried to raise interest rates to catch up with inflation, they have induced a recession. Goldstein says that he isn't concerned about the supply chain, but there are a few things that do concern him. I feel like the supply chain is like low on the list of worries. Like oil is a bigger worry. I mean, inducing a recession is a bigger worry. Authorities are learning more about an outbreak of liver disease in children. Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker has that story. British health officials are investigating the cause of a spike in acute hepatitis among children. UK Health Security Agency recording 111 cases in youngsters under the age of 10 since January. Ten of those kids needed liver transplants and one death reported. While it isn't clear what's causing the illness, the agency says the leading suspect is adenovirus, which has been detected in 75% of the confirmed cases. Jason Walker reporting. And finally, you may not be able to teach an old dog new tricks, but he can win you a spot on the Guinness Book of World Records. The world's oldest dog living has been officially confirmed in Florida, born on January 9 of 2001. It's a 21-year-old chihuahua named Toby Keith. My name is Gisela Shore, and this is my 21-year-old dog, Toby Keith. Toby Keith's owner, Gisela Shore, has been with him for much of his life after adopting him from a shelter. Shore says that despite his age, Toby Keith is actually doing pretty well. He's in pretty good health considering his age, and he does a lot of sleeping. But other than that, he's doing great. Toby Keith also has a close friendship, she says, with Shore's 28-year-old umbrella cockatoo Coco and often walks around with her. Otherwise, he enjoys eating slices of turkey, going on little walks, and lying next to Gisela's workstation while she works from home. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us.
I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.